0: I'm joined again this week by Michael Sundberg. He's a district manager for the Davy Tree Expert Company in southeast Denver. And today we're talking all about unique and wonderful trees for the western part of the country. How are we doing, Michael?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back.
0: All right. I can't remember. Well, this is what I remember from our last talk is there aren't a lot of native species that you work with. Is that do I have that right?
1: Yeah. For Colorado, we've got some of our trees up in the mountains, but when you get down into the plains or in Denver, we don't have a lot of trees that just naturally belong here. It's a lot of high prairie kind of grassland area, desert area. So only where you have good water sources, you'll have trees um, exist kind of in a native sense. So we don't have a lot to write home about in Colorado on interesting trees. We've got a few, but it definitely gets you know more interesting the further west you go.
0: So stereotypical Easterner, I'm thinking like aspen trees or something like that, or am I off base there?
1: Yes, we definitely uh, love our aspens out here. Um, They're a real fun species because they send out, you know, underground roots to pop up new trees with. So you'll end up having these large organisms that it's all the same tree, really, um, with aspens. So that's kind of a fun thing about them. And then obviously really nice white bark, great fall color, like deep, vivid yellows and oranges. And then the leaves kind of tremor in the wind um, because of the way that the little petiole is shaped that attaches the leaf to the stem, um, it's kind of flat. And so it catches the wind and batters back around. And that's where you get kind of those dancing leaves, which is kind of pretty.
0: So explain to me the roots. You were saying that it's like they're all connected somehow. Is, is that right? Or
1: Yeah, they'll start with like a parent plant and then they'll send out underground runners that'll then sprout up new aspen trees.
0: And they're they're basically clones, right? I mean, they're the same. They're coming from the same root system, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And and uh, it always seems like when people have an aspen in their property and it sends up new aspen trees, those do really well. But if you try to just plant an aspen tree from the nursery, it's always a challenge because it's not their normal way to to reproduce.
0: Well, isn't that just like Mother Nature out in the wild? Those aspens are making more trees every year, and then when we try and plant them, we have got got to baby them along, huh?
1: exactly yeah it's it's kind of that irony factor that people get frustrated by because they'll you know lose an aspen or something and if they didn't have any shoots growing up they want to replant and then it's a struggle but people that have an aspen sometimes can't get rid of all the, the shoots and then their yard gets full of them and they can't get rid of them so
0: so let's uh, talk about some unique trees for out that way as far west as you want to go what's the first one on your list
1: well, if, if we can go as far west as Hawaii, I definitely have some fun ones. Um, that
0: sounds fun to me.
1: Yeah, I, especially on a dreary day like today, I could use a Hawaiian day instead of this uh, cold weather we're still getting in winter for Colorado. But um, there's uh, these Cook Island pines that they have out there, and they've got them planted further past Hawaii as far as like you can grow them in California. Um, they kind of originate from further southwest of that region in like, the Pacific Ocean. Um, But they're kind of a fun tree because they've been known to lean towards the equator. Um, If you're in the northern hemisphere, they lean south. If you're in the southern hemisphere, they lean north. And they've even said they'll lean harder if they're further away. I mean, it could just be them chasing some winter sunlight. But a lot of trees will self-correct a lean and try to be more symmetrical um, just with how they grow up. But there might be something in the genetics of those Cook Island pines that causes them to lean if they can find more sun and just really go that direction, which is kind of fun. Um, they look really cool, like really tall, straight trunk, except for the direction it'll be leaning, and then just branches coming off of them. Very like Christmas tree-like, but tall and narrow. Um, so those are really cool if you're ever out and about. Um, they really stick out in the landscape because they get quite tall too.
0: Does it need to be like a tropical climate or...
1: Yeah. So we would never, ever be able to have them out here with how cold we get. But, you know, places like California, Hawaii, um, they can be cultivated and grown in and they do quite well.
0: You know, I want to go off topic for one second because we started talking weather. When does winter over for you there?
1: Usually I would say now, except for we've had a very cold extended winter. um, Kind of what the uh, groundhog was saying is pretty much what we've been dealing with. March is often our snowiest month, but you get a lot of warm days, and uh, we've got, I think, the 14th coldest winter on record this year, so very unusual because we've had a lot of previous winters in the past 10 years that were just warm and dry, um, unusually dry, and this year we've had snow every week, and um, yeah, the snow has stuck around a lot longer than I'm used to, so it's kind of freaking me out.
0: And here in the east, we have barely had a winter, so I'm not complaining, but... It's it's weird.
1: I'm happy to ship our winter back to you anytime because <laughs> we're used to having lots of sunshine and dry weather by now. And, um, you know, with the occasional dumping of wet, heavy snow, and that's what ends up breaking a lot of our trees, unfortunately. But we're we're kind of eager to move on from winter now.
0: Uh, even we are, too. Even though the winter's mild, you're always eager to, to move on. Uh, over here, the daffodils are blooming, and so now there's no turning back. It'll get called again, but there's no turning back. So back at the task at hand, what else are you thinking when you're thinking of something, something cool, different, unique that'll grow out that way?
1: You know, I'd say like, when you look at some of the things you'd find out West, like in California, I mean, you've got your giant sequoias and coastal redwoods. That would be a big draw. Um, even for like tourism reasons, you would actually go out of your way for a long drive to make sure you can see some of the cool trees they have there. Um, they've got the tallest tree, um, I think it's called Hyperion, and then they've got the largest tree by volume with, you know, General Sherman. Um, Those just kind of blow my mind because they stick up above the rest of the trees around them by like twofold or threefold. Um, They're just amazingly large and loving the weather that they're sitting in. Um, Really good growing conditions for them, but unfortunately we can't pull those off in Colorado, so I'd have to head to California to get into there and kind of a bucket list for me as an arborist to check out those chart toppers.
0: Now, in your climate, can you grow meta sequoia, the dawn redwood?
1: There's a couple <laughs> in denver um yeah it there's just a couple, so some people that have had really good green thumbs and have gotten their hands on them uh it's It's one of those that's like it's physically possible but generally very, very, very impractical hmm. um you know from an arborist standpoint.
0: What else is on your list?
1: Um, for me, one of my personal favorites is bristlecone pines, which we do have here in Colorado on uh, the extend further West than that, but they're really slow growing tree that are kind of known for having their needles line, the branches, hence the name bristlecone. Um, and, uh, they're really pretty dark green. You get little sap flecks that'll be in the needle. So they kind of look like they're dusted in, in snow a little bit if you get up close, um, but they're also the same species that you'd see the, lo- or the oldest tree in the world. Um, so they're in it for the long haul, which is really neat. However, they don't look very impressive when they get that old. Uh, I don't think they age very well. They have a few sprigs left that can make them count being alive. But in the landscape here, they're a nice thing for people to plant if they're planning on being in their property for a while. Because it's just a great slow growing pine. Um, so that's one of my personal favorites on this side of the country.
0: Is it easy to grow?
1: I would say so. Yeah. It's tough. It deals with the harsh weather we have, the dryness. It's a very uh, hardy tree um, once you get it established. So, uh, yeah, it's a good one for sure.
0: And is planting a pine any different than planting any other type of tree? Is there any, or we use the same basic formula for planting a pine that we would for most other trees?
1: I'd use the same, you know, same planting style, all the same kind of things. Um, yeah.
0: And and does a, a pine like that have like the shallow roots of like the pines that we have here in the east? That's the one thing that they're known for here. Shallow roots. People always ask me, what can I grow under a pine? And I say a bench.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, uh, at least in Colorado, our, our soils are so crummy that just about all of our trees are pretty much shallow rooted here because we've got really tough clays. So there's not a lot of water and oxygen deep down for roots to be past, the point of being shallow. And so a lot of them are just hanging out in that top foot without having any kind of a taproot that people picture. It's all kind of horizontal from the trunk going straight across the yard or whatever. Um, uh, You know, we deal with a little bit of challenges with that mixture of shallow rooting with our soils and then winds on like a spruce tree because they catch so much wind um, being so thick. So that's where you can get into some trouble here is uh, tree failure from wind because of that. But yeah, they're all all shallow rooted for us. That's what we're used to here.
0: You know, as an arborist, you know all the trees and what they'll do there. When you're talking to clients, how many of them are open to like something something unique and unusual uh, to listen to you and say, "Well, you know what? If you really wanted something that really stands out, how does that go when you're talking to the clients?"
1: I think a lot of them are open-minded to that because we have a pretty slim list of trees that do well with our wacky weather in Colorado. And then you throw in invasive pests over the years that have wiped stuff out or made stuff kind of not a good idea to plant. You're kind of left with a few species you can count on one hand that most houses have. So if anybody that wants to diversify at all, you can throw them some of those species that are in like the, the other 10% of trees that aren't everywhere. And they'll be kind of interested to dive into that list. You usually sacrifice some of the features that people are looking for. It's like, they want really good fall color. They want really pretty flowers. I mean, all these things that no one tree does here that does well with our weather. You have to kind of take one of those or two of those off the table to have a tree that might do better with the weather and be different from their neighbor's trees. Um, and do really well, actually,
0: man, that sounds like a challenge, my friend.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's tough recommending planting for people, um, you know, to say, here's what works well here. They're not the prettiest trees, but they're, you know, hardy, or you can go with kind of the run of the mill, five or six species that your neighbors have. Um, so it gets a little boring in town. Um, but that's, what's fun about getting out and traveling is you get to kind of drool over the other trees, other States can have
0: you know, even though we're talking unique and unusual trees, what would like the three main trees be that, that, you know, we always say right tree, right place that goes without saying, but for your area, what would be some of those basic trees that you would want, you know, that could stand the wacky weather that you have?
1: Yeah, I think three trees I would like to see planted more of that seem to do well, but are still gaining traction with people would be Uh, Kentucky coffee trees, uh, catalpas, and I would probably say I I could use more hackberries out here. I mean, they're almost a weed in other places, but they're impressive when they get big and they really tolerate our weather well. Um, You know, none of those three are really flashy and have, you know, super fall color. Um, You know, you get some really pretty flowers with the catalpa flowers, but then people hate those long pods. So it's always those trade-offs that you look for to see how willing somebody is to, to try something new. And, uh, I don't, know, those are some of the ones I think we should plant more of. Otherwise we're kind of drowning in autumn blaze, maples, honey, locusts, uh, and chanticleer pears and, you know, pines and spruce. That's pretty much most yards out here.
0: Well, I think you and I talked about Catalpa once before, and whenever it comes up on the podcast, that's a tree I grew up with, you know, that was right in our backyard. And yeah, my dad hated the, seed pods, but that was a really cool tree, you know, before they drop, they're just, you know, they're the coolest looking thing to me like a giant bean, I guess, would be a way I'd explain it. Oh Um, yeah. And then, you know, I only know a little bit about Kentucky coffee tree, but I know that those that love it, they, they just, they just love it. They just think it's, it's the most awesome tree. Like you said, it's not the showiest tree in the world, but talk a little bit about it. Why do you like it?
1: Um, for us, like the hardiness comes first because it can actually sort you know survive our weather so that's the first barrier of entry but um, they've got a really cool pattern with how the leaves branch off of each uh, you know or how the leaves go off of each branch so it's kind of unique how it's um, leaves are arranged. They're very unimpressive when they're brand new because they just look like a stick in the ground. Um, it doesn't tell they're more of a teenager that they do more branching and it looks like a tree in the winter um, but after you get over that kind of initial hump of it looking pretty you know, stick like, um, once they bloom, they put out lots of good, uh, leaves and kind of a funky arrangement. They do have podless varieties, which makes a lot of people happy enough to try it because then you don't have all those pods to rake up. So that's getting a lot of people excited because there's a few of those cultivars now. Um, but it's just the toughness is the big thing for us that it can survive our weather and our dryness and, uh, and be happy living here.
0: You know, it's funny kind of the connection that so many growers homeowners have with their trees you know in my case it's the catalpa you know and i can remember actually sitting under a honey locust now i I consider a honey locust a weed you know i i I don't want it but well i'd love to have a catalpa do you get much of that when you talk to your clients you get much of that uh nostalgic because i i'm I'm just a nostalgic person i don't have trees whatever but uh i think of that catalpa a lot
1: Yeah, we've got lots of people that'll move here because it's a a state that a lot of people will, uh, you know, come here to seek the sunshine and the mountains and everything. So they're showing up and buying a house and saying like, oh, I'd love for this or that species if you can get one. I'm like, oh, no, no way. Like sometimes it's just stuff that can't happen here. Um, A lot of people will come here from California and it's like, yeah, I mean, you can be hot and dry in California and we're hot and dry here, but our winters are too unusual compared to the trees you know you'd be looking for that you want to plant here um so like we no, we can't really get our hands on like a eucalyptus for you it's it's <laughs> not going to work out very well and then other times we've got a lot of um trees from like the east side of the country where those trees are good with our winter and if we can get them enough water you know they can be happy to be in colorado you look at some of like the oaks that are really prolific out there we're getting a lot more sugar maples out here now planting um trees for eastern u.s uh they've been doing well here because they're used to winter and then that kind of brings that nostalgia you know if somebody came from vermont and is like we had a sugar maple in our front yard it's like well we can get you a sugar maple and it actually will work quite well
0: was there anything else on your list of unique and weird and fun trees
1: yeah i would say um Another one to pull from Hawaii would be they've, uh, they've got some banyan trees out there, but one of them in the, um, town of Lahaina on Maui is in this little courtyard area and the tree has about a two acre spread of its canopy. So wow. it's really cool coming off of, you know, one trunk branches up and kind of horizontal. And then they send down, um, you know, vertical, like aerial roots that'll drop down and eventually anchor to the ground to hold up the tree so it can keep spreading sideways. Um, So it's a really fascinating tree because it's just an enormous coverage that it gets you um, laterally. It's not that tall, but really, really wide, uh, full of birds. And it's like right in this courtyard there. Um, Sometimes you'll be on a hike out there and run into one in the wild too, which is really neat. But, you know, the trunks are like 10 feet wide. And then they branch off and send down these other trunks all over the place, like arms, you know, propping themselves up. Uh, so that's a really cool tree if you can uh, go, go check one out.
0: And when do you uh, start planting or have you guys started planting already?
1: Well, we're eager to start planting because then we'd feel more like spring, but probably more realistically, April and May is going to be our big spring planting season. Uh, a lot of the nurseries will start getting their trees in at the end of the month. And, uh, you know, soil here, it's... It's cold, but it's not like permafrost. You could still dig a hole right now. Um, it's more availability and maybe not having such weather swings as you get a brand new tree put into the ground at someone's house that you're trying to kind of avoid as we might go from a 60 degree to a zero degree swing in a hurry. So,
0: I mean, one of the things that I always see on the news out here looking from the east are these late snows that you get, you know, yep. When is that, when is the latest snow usually, you know, and it's always a big news event out here because we're kind of chuckling, you know, usually, usually our winter is so much tougher than yours. And then we're like, okay, we're out of it. And then we see on the news 17 inches of wet snow in Denver or someplace or in the mountains of Colorado, wherever.
1: Yep. I'd say like one of the most interesting ones we had was um, we had a really bad Mother's Day snowstorm. And that's generally been the day that everybody's confident about getting out planting their bulbs, doing all that kind of gardening activity because we've we've made it out of the snow season it was always Mother's Day weekend is when nurseries get really crazy and we had one year with a Mother's Day snowstorm that broke branches everywhere, ruined gardening plans. It was a big disservice to all the moms out there. but um, yeah, Mother's Day is kind of our usual cutoff, but it's it has snowed later than that before, which is crazy and it'll just snow and it's heavy and it's deep and then it's gone in a day or two because it just warms back up so quickly.
0: You know, as an arborist, when those storms are coming, those late storms that you know are going to have that wet snow, is it like a a nightmare for you? Thinking like, oh my gosh, the next week, all we're going to be doing is running around. It's going to be nuts.
1: Yeah, it's hard to watch the forecast when you see something when leaves are out and flowers are out and you've got a big dumper coming that it's like, okay, uh, we're going to be just piling up and getting to as many people as we can to look at trees, get them estimates for cleaning it up. And you're just going to be working tons and tons of hours to try to catch up on all that. So it, it kind of hurts when it happens because you just know it's going to be a painful weeks to follow. Um, I mean, it can even be months of storm damage appointments after one of those storms. Uh, So they, they're kind of painful for us. Um, And we hate to see the trees break too, because mother nature does a horrible job at pruning and when these leaves come out they're they're just listening to the weather and they're thinking it's safe and then you get a big heavy snow on them and they break in the worst kind of ways um and then the trees are are, you know kind of permanently disfigured and you'll be able to look back at someone's yard and look at a big wound up in the tree and be like oh yeah i remember that in 2018 i remember that one from 2020 you know you start to get that mental record of where all the breaks happened in some people's trees um and then of course, some people will just lose them to the point where they get cut down. And that's like the absolute worst. So yeah, that's kind of the one frustrating thing about our crazy weather is that the trees have no way to hold off until the snow is cleared. And all you can do is, you know, prune them in advance to try to help reduce some weight and do some thinning and give them a chance to not catch as much. But when you get 18 inches with leaves out, it doesn't matter a whole lot what else you've done with the tree. It's possible to break. So
0: Well, Michael, I'm going to leave it right there. I'm sorry you had such a tough winter. I'm sure we'll get it next year, and you'll have an easy one. That's the way it usually works. Thanks for your time. Thanks for the great information. And boy, i got to look up that one tree you said, that one in Hawaii, man. That looks really cool. Thanks Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me again.
0: Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I am your host, Doug Oster. Next week, we've got some great tips to get a jump on pests before they can get a foothold on your trees. And do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. And we're getting lots of great ideas and feedback through email. Send me a message at podcasts, that's plural, at Davey.com. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at dave com. And as always, we'd like to remind you on the Talking Trees Podcast, trees are the answer